you ever feel close to despair? Do you ever find yourself worrying that things are getting out of control? Politics, pandemics, prejudice, deceit, division, discord? Do you find yourself wondering what's becoming of our nation, indeed of our world? Well, it's important to remember that the Bible insists nothing fundamental has changed, nothing eternal has been altered. But we need passages like this one here in Matthew 15 to remind us of exactly that. But first, we just need to consider Jesus' comments here in verse 25. It would be easy, I think, to take offence needlessly. So let's look again at what's happening here. For the Jews of Jesus' day, who saw themselves as the children of God, it was common to refer to the Gentiles as dogs. Was it kind? No. Was it gracious? No, of course not, but it was common. And Jesus picks up on that usage, on that language, as he engages now with this Gentile woman. He says to her, it is not right to take the children's bread, in other words, that which is meant for the Israelites, and throw it to the dogs, in other words, to give it to the Gentiles. To which she replies, verse 27, yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. I think Jesus is testing her faith here. She kneels before him. She calls him Lord. But does she really understand what it means to be a Gentile, an outsider, as she comes into his presence? And her answer shows that she understands quite clearly. She accepts her place, but believes Jesus can still help her. And Jesus is impressed by her faith. Now contrast this with the spiritual leaders of the time. Can they see what's going on around them? Can they interpret the signs of the times? Well that phrase, signs of the times, comes from this particular section of Matthew's Gospel. In chapter 16, Jesus observes that the Pharisees and the Sadducees may know all about the weather, red sky at night, shepherd's delight, that sort of thing, but they haven't got a clue about how to interpret the theological signs of the times. And the Lord Jesus makes this observation in the light of the little cameo we see with this Canaanite woman. Now, if you remember from our reading, when Jesus withdraws to the area near Tyre and Sidon, that's up north, by the way, this woman, whose daughter is oppressed by a demon, comes out and begs for help. Clementine, one of the uh, early church fathers, tells us that the woman's name was Justa, and her daughter's name was Bernice. Justa kneels at Jesus' feet and begs him to help. And because of her faith, Bernice is instantly healed. And do the Pharisees and the Sadducees understand what this means? No. Can they interpret the signs of the times? No. And the details are important here. Jesus is making a profound point, well, actually two profound points, but without the details, we'll miss the full impact. The first is that this Canaanite woman represents the enemies of God. Throughout the Bible, the Canaanites are the enemies of the Israelites. Whenever they get a chance to put one over God's people, they take that chance with a vengeance. And Jesus has gone to their country. He's gone to Tyre and to Sidon and the land around. And yet, 
as this representation of God's enemies comes before Jesus, she kneels. She, of all people, recognises the Messiah. And the point Matthew is seeking to convey here is that the Lord Jesus has absolute authority over his enemies. They kneel before him. It's a shadow of that moment when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Moreover, with just one word, Matthew emphasises that the Lord Jesus also has authority over something else. Bernice was healed instantly. The evil that had possessed her, that had ruined her life, was gone. Gone in a moment. Jesus' authority over evil was complete. Authority over enemies, authority over evil. The Pharisees couldn't see it, the Sadducees couldn't see it, but surely we can, can't we? His enemies will bow before him, however hostile they may have been. All evil will give way and flee before him, however terrible it may have been. And this is the hope that we can hold out to those who are struggling. This is the hope that we can hold out to those who are fearful. This is the hope that we can hold out to those who are oppressed. This is the hope that we can hold out to those who are suffering. This is the light that can shine in the darkness. For those being martyred for their faith. There is the confidence that evil will not triumph, that enemies will not overcome, that death is not the end, that justice will be done and that light will overcome darkness. For us, seeking security and certainty in an uncertain and insecure world, there is the comfort of knowing it can be found in the person of Jesus Christ. Do you despair of what the world is coming to? You don't need to, because Jesus is still the good shepherd caring for his sheep. Do you despair that the light at the end of the tunnel is in fact the oncoming train? You don't need to, because Jesus is the one from whom evil flees. Do you, like so many others, rage against the dying of the light? You don't need to, because with the promise of heaven, Jesus reassures us. That the best is always yet to come. And how can this be ours? Remember what Jesus said to the woman? Not great is your love, not great are your works, not great is your knowledge. No, what he says, what he commends is this, great is your She had decided that Jesus was trustworthy. She had come to the conclusion that Jesus was faithful. And that's all Jesus was seeking. And that's all Jesus is ever seeking. He looks for that faith in us. He longs to see that trust in us. Not a faith or a trust in ourselves, but a faith and a trust in his trustworthiness and faithfulness. 
But a question remains as we close. Are we willing, like the Canaanite woman in verse 25, to come to Jesus, to kneel before him, and to say, Lord, help me? Well, maybe you've never done so. In which case, will you do so today for the very first time? Or maybe you've already many, many times done this, but need to do so once more right now. What is it that you need help for? Forgiveness for failure? Strength for today? Relief from suffering? Wisdom to discern? Whatever help you need, and whether or not this is the first time you've come to the Lord, to kneel before him and to say, Lord, help me. Let's do so now. And let's pray as we close. Lord, we need your help. We need your grace and mercy. Thank you that you are the Messiah, able to rescue your people. We pray simply today, Lord, help me. Lord, meet us in our time of need. Heal us and restore us.